real chills. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Chills. We are so excited for our guest today. She's going to tell us a story. Here is Sapphire Sandalo. So this is a true story that one of my distant cousins told me. And actually, a little backstory on when she was telling me this story. She called me while I was working in a warehouse in downtown, an animation studio downtown. Don't know why I called it a warehouse. Um, <laughs> I went to the break room to try to get hold of her. And it was so strange because every time I messaged her, she wasn't receiving my messages. And then she would try to call me, but then she would hear me and I wouldn't hear her. So it was just this weird back and forth of us trying to connect. And literally every time on the phone, when she would start to get into the story, it would cut out. Mm. It's weird timing things like that. Where And then she joked, she was like, what if something doesn't want me to tell you this story? Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but now you really have to tell me. Anyways, <laughs> so this happened to a distant cousin of mine. And it happened in the Philippines and in the mountains of Cebu. So pretty isolated village. And one of my distant cousins was born about a month early. And because of that, they nicknamed her Baby. It's a very Filipino Aww. thing to do. <laughs> so they called her Baby. And when she was maybe around seven, she started disappearing randomly for hours. What? And Whoa. yeah. And so my cousin would ask her, like, baby, where have you been <laughs> for the past couple hours? And baby would say, oh, I was playing with Sven. And they were like, who the hell is Sven? And, you know, they thought it was a very odd choice of a name if that was an imaginary friend. You know, it's a very European-sounding name, and they were pretty sure nobody in their village had that name. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, well, what were you and Sven doing? And Baby was like, oh, we were in his flying machine that had the spinning top and we were flying all over the water and it was really fun. And my cousin just thought, okay, she's got like a weird imagination. Just write it <laughs> off. Next time Baby disappeared, she disappeared for an even longer amount of time. And when she came back, her cousin's like, where were you? And Baby said, I was playing with Sven. We were wearing these magical suits and we were underwater and we were looking at all of the fish. And wow. my cousin still was just like, I don't know what that is, but <laughs> okay, cool. Like if you're having fun, then uh, that's fine, I guess. And then maybe like, I don't know, weeks later, they were walking along a street and baby pointed up at a balete tree. So if you don't know what a balete tree is, it's one of the those really large trees in the Philippines that have dangling branches. Like the, the branches are dangling and there's a lot of roots. Like if you see one, they look very magical. And there's a lot of stories surrounding these trees uh, in the Philippines. Basically, they people believe that there are spirits that live in these trees. So when baby pointed at it, she said, oh, that's where Sven lives. And my cousin stops and she's like, hang on a second, what? <laughs> um, and baby's like, yeah, Sven invited me into his house and I met his parents and they had this big snake and it was painting on these plates and it was painting these really pretty gold designs. And that's what made my cousin stop because she thought, okay, hang on a second. 
Baby is hanging out in a balete tree, and inside this tree there is a giant snake. And in Catholicism, snakes are thought to be symbols of the devil. And so that was when my cousin thought, okay, this is no longer just innocent playtime stories. This is something possibly more serious. And so she thought that maybe Baby was actually spending her time with an Encanto. So an Encanto is a type of spirit in the Philippines that is invisible to most people, but they show themselves to the people that they like. And um, usually, usually they appear as kind of very Eurocentric features. Um, they have light mm-hmm. skin, they have blonde hair, they have blue eyes. And then as the story goes, they will draw you in <laughs> to their home. And then if they seduce you enough to the point where they marry you, then that's when they show their true form and then they essentially consume your soul. So what my cousin was thinking might be happening is that baby was being groomed by Mm. Encanto at a very young Uh. age. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I need to shut this down. So they (laughs) brought baby to a priest to basically have an exorcism. And the thing about exorcism is that, you know, it's not always a demon who is possessing you or attached to you. An exorcism literally just means getting rid of something that is attached to themselves. Mm. So they performed the exorcism on baby. And then after that, baby never disappeared. She didn't even remember who Sven was. But the wild I'm not, the wild part about this story is that when my cousin grew up, she maybe like in her 20s or something is when she moved to the United States. And she she came upon a National Geographic magazine as she was flipping through it. And that was the first time that she saw a helicopter. And then she remembered what Baby said about the flying machine with the spinning top. And then she kept flipping and she saw scuba divers. And that's the first time she ever saw people wearing special suits to be underwater. And she made this connection and she thought, okay, maybe Baby wasn't making up all of these things. Whoa. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) The end. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. I love it. So, uh, so many questions. Real quick, just for our listeners who don't know, um, Sapphire is known for a couple things. Uh, one of them being the web series that you made with all of your animations where you tell spooky stories called Something Scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a podcast currently called Stories with Sapphire, which is very spooky vibes. Very <laughs> great for any time, honestly, but really good for this spooky season that we're in. Um, as well as like you've been on paranormal TV shows and just been doing a lot of interesting things. So um, we're really stoked to have you here, um, both because the story is bonkers. We're getting into that. And then also <laughs> just, um, yeah, to just chat. So thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah, yeah thanks you, for letting wow. me. <laughs> so uh, if you don't mind, how old is Bebe now? Is she? I Truly don't know. I believe maybe in her fifth. No, this happened a very long time ago. So she's maybe in her 50s or 60s now. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. And she's actually the person who introduced my parents to each other. Oh, good thing she got saved. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. 50s or 60s. This would have been like in the 70s? Yes. 60s, 70s? Okay. Yeah. Around that time. Wow. Okay. 
Interesting. Ugh. Okay, Meg, I'll let you start because I have so many things to say. <laughs> the only thing I really want to say is like, I think this is my biggest fear of having a child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. A hundred percent agree. Raising them, it's, it's having to find someone to perform an exorcism when they start talking <laughs> to whatever thing attaches to them. Yeah. We talked about this before. What episode is that, Alyssa, where we talked about... We probably talk about health. every time children oh, come up. We do shivers. We did a shiver episode on imaginary friends. Mm. And after that, I was like, they're not... They, I hope they have no imagination. And <laughs> this never happens. Because it's just such a classic thing where you're... But I don't know. I also think it's really cool that um, Baby got to live the life. Like, she's just jetting and scuba diving. Like I know, with this <gasps> spirit. <laughs> yeah, my... <laughs> My, like, uh, imaginary friends as kids were broke. They didn't have helicopters. They yeah, were, they were let's make stew out. out of grass, like yeah. and water yeah. and mud. Yeah. Let's pull some onions out of the dirt and keep right. them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I I thought it was so cool talking about what the tree you were describing. It almost makes me think of those, like, willow trees. That, like, yeah. It's so cool. Like, is this supernatural being still prevalently believed in in the Philippines at this time? Or... um. I would say yes. Um, yeah. If you, it's interesting though, especially the Encanto, because uh, I feel like that particular type of folklore came to be after colonization. Because if you look at it, it's like, oh, a white yeah. person will seduce you, and then after mm-hmm. you get married, they kill you. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to see the parallels there. But then knowing this story, I'm like, okay, maybe there is some truth to it, even yeah. before colonization happened. Yeah. Or it could be with a, a lot of like demon beliefs or like it's just that they take on whatever the perception of them should be. So like maybe yeah. maybe they kind of will like the people of the Philippines almost like willed it into that type of character. You know what I mean? So they do have a little bit of fear, but also it makes it just lines up perfectly. So it could be. That's just how they're like they might even exist still, but be presenting themselves as something else now. Mm-hmm depending mm-hmm. on the, the changing of the zeitgeist in, in that yeah, area. Yeah, I can cool. see that for sure. I would creep out the most about like, okay, definitely the Encanto, super creepy, very much like here for it. But also like that makes sense to me. What's creepier to me is like, what if she was like actually in a helicopter, actually Scooby Scooby diving, <laughs> Scooby snacks, Scooby diving. And then it's just kind of like, what was this person, like this real life human grooming her for? Like humans are more uh, terrifying to me than ghosts oh, like about that. yeah I was just like Ugh. and also I don't want to point out the obvious but like if this Encanto was grooming a child like disgusting <laughs> like right she was seven get a grown adult yeah, yeah. <laughs> groom an adult seriously yeah, like, come on Gotta yeah. work for it a little yeah bit. exactly <laughs> I think what's interesting too is that like the like the tradition of Catholicism mm-hmm Exorcisms are very interesting because Catholicism, they have like such a specific process or a specific like this happens. So you need an exorcism, but it seems like that still would be the only way, even if there wasn't a tradition of Catholicism, that would probably be the only way to separate from a demon, right? Is to do some kind of ritual to like get it detached from you. Right. I mean, even exorcism like uh it has to be approved by the vatican for like an official exorcism to be performed so Mm -hmm. what was happening to baby like what they performed on her like i don't 
I guess in the eyes of the church, it may not have been an, like officially an exorcism, but that's how my cousin referred to it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. <laughs> and baby doesn't remember any of it? Nope. Not like even as an adult. Yeah, she really doesn't remember. And that's an incredibly common thing (laughs) to happen for um, like stories like this, where as a child, they will talk about all of these things as if, you know, it's just it's very vivid and it's very real. And then as adults, they just have zero recollection. Yeah, that that weirds me out because I'm like, how? Like what what happened to their brain that like were yeah. the memories just like extracted or like how does that happen? Yeah. Or w- yeah. while this was happening, were they channeling something and then like they came back into themselves like afterwards? Yeah, that makes more sense. Maybe I think maybe like baby was kind of operating on like a. I guess like a different like plane of existence, like when this was happening. And so when she stopped hanging out with him, that plane just wasn't real to her anymore do you um how is the story passed down in your family like how did your cousin find out um I can't remember her hmm I don't know I'm trying to remember her relation to baby but the reason why I know that story is because I had posted on Facebook. I was like, hey, I'm looking for people to share like real stories. This is like the way beginning of when I did something scary. So like mm-hmm. all of the first episodes of something scary are like either personal family stories or stories from my friends. Like mm-hmm. it was very just like people that I knew because to me that felt more real. I was like, why are you going to lie to me? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she saw um, posts and she was like, she, she, my cousin made a comment. She was like, oh, I don't know if Sapphire wants to hear about the exorcism, dot, dot, dot. And I immediately responded. It's like, I do. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's how it happened. <laughs> nice, nice. Do you think um, your family has some sort of connection with the paranormal? Sometimes it, because I listened to your podcast and the the Mars episode. First of all, oh my gosh, it it made me like so emotional. You did such a good oh, job. It was crazy. I texted you. Dan and I was like, holy cow! But it just feels <laughs> like there might be. I mean, I don't want to like put this on you, but like, do you feel like there's some sort of connection with your family and and the paranormal? Yes. short answer yes yeah because it just seems like there's so many things that just line up like yeah here's the thing so i truly do believe that every filipino has a connection to the spirit world not every filipino family will be as deep into it as mine is but it's there. And I do actually think that every family has a connection to it. And it, uh, everyone, everyone's connection is at like a, God, I just, I don't know why this sounded so gross. It was just like everyone's connection is like a different like depth, but like, I don't know, it just <laughs> sounded gross to me. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think because I grew up in a culture where it, the idea of talking to relatives who have died is so welcomed or like you know you see weird things you're not not demonized isn't the right word for it but you're not like what scolded or chastised I don't know you're not people don't call you yeah but you're not reprimanded where it's just kind of like yeah that yes we believe you you know like it's a culture of belief so um I think that 
I mean, that's why I have such like a deep belief in it because it's very real for my family. And I, um, I think it's crazy because like my, my dad is the skeptic of the family, but I do think that he has a very strong connection to the spirit world. Like, it's so funny because like at family get togethers, he'll be like, I don't believe in any of this, but and then he'll just go on and say like all of. Yeah, he'll say all of the things that have happened. He's had more paranormal stuff happen to him than I have. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, first of all, how can you still call yourself a skeptic? Because I think you're a believer. And then also, like, I, I think he's low key psychic. And that's oh, mm-hmm. I really do because there'll be like little things like he he's very um, intuitive and um, I don't know he he just knows stuff that he shouldn't have known <laughs> yeah. and it's just like I wonder you know if he didn't grow up being a skeptic that could have been a very very powerful skill and ability that he had but he never developed it because he doesn't quote unquote believe in it. What's interesting, though, is your dad's had more experiences than most people. I think at least this is common anecdotally from a lot of people we've talked to on our podcast where the people who want to believe the spirit world is like, you're too thirsty. Don't be yeah, desperate. They never, <laughs> like, they never return yeah. It's skeptics <laughs> who like have these experiences that are so intense. And it's because of their maybe in some ways it's because of their lack of belief, at least at the time things happen. It's also why they're even more credible or they seem even more powerful because you're like, you don't even want to believe this happened, but this is like, mm-hmm. there's not a rational explanation. Right. Yeah. Can you tell us anything of, that happened to like your dad or a family member that you could share, like an example of like the kind of spiritual oh, sure. like experiences or something that you've, you hear about from your family? Um, Ooh, I got, how much time I got? Um, (laughs) so I guess I'll start with my dad's cause I mentioned him. So he has like a couple funny ones where it's like, he thought he always, it's so funny. He tells these all the time. Like I just remember, I know exactly how he tells the story. Um, he always starts with the stories where he thinks something paranormal might be happening. And then he, he was smart and he like looked into it and then realized, oh, okay, there is a rational explanation. And then he'll go into the ones that like, oh, I don't know what was going on. So um, like, for example, uh, so in the Philippines, this was maybe like a couple of years ago. And he said that uh, he was in his room and then he lives here. We, we visit the Philippines a lot or he visits the Philippines more often than we do, obviously. Um, and so he's in the room and it's nighttime and he hears, you know, like, um, outside of the house there's a lot of leaves because there's a lot of trees so lots of leaves fall onto the ground and they dry up and here it's kind of like crunching just crunch 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 and it sounds like footsteps he's like oh crap is somebody outside the house so Mm -hmm. he looks out the window looks around doesn't see anybody and he still hears the footsteps crunch crunch and he's like okay before I start freaking out should probably go look into this and see what this is so he goes outside with his flashlight and he goes out to the window and he's looking around, he still hears the crunching and he's flashing the lights and then he sees it's tiny little frogs are jumping on the leaves. So he goes, okay, yes, not a ghost. So he's got like stuff like that, (laughs) but that, that, cause he always uses that to, to demonstrate how his mind works, where he, Mm -hmm. he thinks something's going on. He investigates, figures it out and then moves on. Mm -hmm. Is that like a TV show? I would watch every episode <laughs> even if it was real or not just like the beginning and then oh it's just little frogs little frogs, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and i was like I oh that's so cute you off, oh you're good cut me off as much as you want it's your show 
Um, Let me know. <laughs> you're good. Let's see. So one time when he was in the bathroom, he was taking a shower, and my sister is the only other person in the house with him, and she is in the bedroom. So he's taking a shower, and he all of a sudden hears the door shaking. Like, uh, you know, it's locked, so it's as if someone's trying to, like, get in. But it's shaking really, really, really hard and really loud, so it startles him. And keep in mind, he is in the Philippines at this time because he's there uh, for the funeral of his brother. Mm -hmm. So that kind of weirds him out. He goes, okay, uh, maybe it's Sabrina trying to get into the bathroom, but why would she be shaking the door and she knows I'm in here? So he, you know, finishes the shower. He um, opens the door unlocks it and he looks around and you know no one's there and he goes to the bedroom to check on Sabrina she is knocked out because she's still jet lagged from the flight so my dad's like mm, okay that was weird but he he uh closes the door again and he tries to mimic what just happened the door doesn't move that way like it doesn't there is no give in the doorway for it hmm. to shake like that so he was like I have no idea how the door was shaking or how that sound was happening. But he's pretty sure that it was his brother just messing with him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, so my cousin passed away kind of suddenly and it was a bummer. This is a long time ago, so it's, I'm fine now. <laughs> but um, I was, I was having a hard time with it. And when I went, he worked at a hotel. So uh, after his funeral, they had this big thing for him at the hotel and, they gave me this like little soap, like pump soap. It wasn't open yet. It was in my shower and I could not get it open. I tried when I got home and it wouldn't open. And I tried in the shower and I was just spinning it and spinning it and like pulling it. And you know, all the stuff you do to just get it open. And then in my head, I was like, Brian, if you're messing with me, can you just not? And it popped open. <laughs> oh my god I, I almost did a spit take Sorry, I drank water yeah. just before you said that and I almost <laughs> like, spit it out I did the same thing too because that was I do this all the time where like if a door moves or something I'll be like do it again and then it never works <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy I'm full-blown I want to believe crazy but um that was the only time I feel like in my life where I literally thought in my head like if you're messing with me please just like let it and it did it and I was I wasn't even it wasn't like I was even still spinning it like I had stopped and was just holding yeah. it and it popped open <gasps> that's real oh my god yeah, yeah <laughs> so they'll come back to mess with you is I think the moral of the story yeah I look forward to I look forward to that <laughs> oh I'm gonna prank everybody I'm gonna have so much unfinished business just <laughs> rattling doorknobs and stuff because my sister is skeptical so I think like my death goal I guess like a life goal but for when you die death like, goal yeah death goal hashtag afterlife goal yeah <laughs> afterlife goals um will be to haunt her until she believes so. <laughs> Until she believes. Well, I I spoke with somebody um for my podcast. It's my friend's mom. Um, I haven't released this episode yet. Ooh, exclusive. Um, so <laughs> she was talking about how she well she she was not a skeptic. She had the ability to see things and know things that she shouldn't have known. Um, and when her mother died, they made a pact uh, before she died. Sorry. Um, they had always made a pact that whoever goes first onto the other side, they need to make it known that the other side exists by visiting. Oh, okay. And so um, when her mother died, woman, she had a very vivid dream that her mother came to visit her. Well, she, 
I mean, quote unquote dream, but it was she thinks that she was it was like real. Um, She doesn't think it was a dream. And her mother visited her and she said, it's me. I'm here. I'm just always around. The spirit world is real and you just have to say something and I'm here. And so she grabbed her hand and then they started flying around the earth like they were astral projecting. Um, And so she said that she they they flew over Moscow because she remembered what the buildings looked like, flew over um, China and she saw people like wearing the little hats and um, like and these were things that I don't think that she knew about before this. Um, I think she only discovered like, you know, all of this stuff was new to her. And then she saw photos of it and went, oh, that's what I saw when I was zipping around the world with my mom. (laughs) Mm, That is so cool. Isn't that cool? I love that. (laughs) We're going to make a pact right now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) By each other. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot too recently, like of people seeing their loved ones come back to them in dreams. Mm -hmm. Um which ah, so cool I just yeah want, want well it, to be real. it well it is real well here's the thing <laughs> yeah. so like uh-huh. when we're in our dream state it's actually not the deepest sleep level so um and somebody uh my acupuncturist told me uh, this so because one of the things she asked me was like are you having vivid dreams and I was like oh my god I have vivid dreams like every night what is, is that means I'm sleeping well right and she was like actually in ancient in uh in traditional Chinese medicine it's believed that when you have vivid dreams you're actually not sleeping well because um if you're in deep sleep you don't remember shit like you are just like you're conked. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're dreaming, it's like a level above that. And so the dream state is when spirits come and visit us because we are more susceptible to that like plane of existence, that realm. And mm-hmm. so um, when people have very vivid dreams, uh, sometimes they are premonitions. And a lot of the people that I speak with for my show um, and also like people in my family when they've had very vivid dreams of people visiting them or like whatever, uh, usually it ends up coming true. The things that they tell them in the dream. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Have you tried astral projection yourself? Like the meditation practice? <laughs> Here's the thing about astral projection. So when I was little, I was obsessed with trying. Like the second I learned about it, I was like, oh, my God. So I would just like lay down and then like try to astral project. But it is actually a very difficult thing to do because you are removing your consciousness like from your physical self. And so mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to do. That's not something that like anyone could do. You have to get into a very specific type of trance. Mm -hmm. And so I obviously have not successfully done that. (laughs) Um, But I do believe that people can. I've been trying to um, do some astral projection meditations. Mm. And... The, they're guided. They're fine. It is a different type of meditation experience that I've ever had doing those particular types of meditations. And a lot of what I've heard from people who have started their like practice of trying to do it is it is like you feel like you're disconnecting from yourself for like a moment or it can be very uh-huh. disorienting. 
And so it is kind of like you build a muscle is a lot of people's Mm. experience. Some people can just do it or they go through trauma or some change in their life that's sudden. That's like, they might just accidentally get into that like place, but yeah, but to actually try to get there, you know, they say that the more you practice, the more you can just like with regular meditation, you can kind of shortcut or learn some things that help you get into those phases a little more readily. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So is there a certain purpose or reason why you're trying to get into this? Uh, so especially in quarantine, I have started doing a lot of research about witchcraft practices and just mm-hmm. different things, <laughs> metaphysical stuff. Meg is a little tired of hearing about this. <laughs> no, I'm so on board. It is, we are almost in October. I'm ready for all the witches that you you have planned. Let's yeah. So, I mean, so I am, it's one of those things where, when I learned about it more deeply and started looking at it, I was like, I know I definitely need to do more research and do those types of things, but I was like, I'll just try it. I feel like this would be something worth just like, especially with the guided meditation, if you just turn it on and see what happens. Um, Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in getting more into like trying to tap into psychic powers and things like that. So I'm just kind of exploring. It's been really interesting. I love it. Yeah, the story about like having that experience of astral projecting with the spirit of like a loved one sounds, it sounds beautiful. Right? It sounds so lovely. (laughs) That's such a happy story. (laughs) You don't get Mm -hmm. those often with with scary stuff. Yeah. My favorite though, for people who've like passed on to like whatever the next step is, or if there is a next step is when they get like the spooky phone calls that they can't explain. I don't know if you have any of those, like people yes. you talk to, but those are always some of my favorite where they get the voicemail or they hear like the static on the line and they hear the voice of their loved ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one's, those are always wild. Have you, either of you ever had a spooky phone call? No, not that wasn't just like a true technical problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Have you had a spooky phone call? Mm, No, but my friend, oh, I just, I hadn't thought about this in a very long time. So there's a chance this is not paranormal at all, but it was just weird. In Mm -hmm. high school, one of my friends, I remember uh, when we, you know, like you're waiting for school to start. So you're just hanging out uh, on campus. And my friend comes out to me and goes, dude, I got the weirdest voicemail. And she played it. And it was like, it sounded like a very distant voice woman yell like yelling and she was just like help you have to save them you have to save them but it sounded like so sincere Mm -hmm. and that was like that was the message and we were like what is this and it was like an (laughs) unknown number so we couldn't like trace it Mm. I hadn't thought about that in a very long time and I don't know I think like there might have been something specific that she said because I remember I remember we had a thought of like is this you calling in the future like (laughs) Yeah, something about like two kids, like something like that. Like she mentioned two kids. Um, I should probably, you know what? I should message her and be like, do you remember that happening? And like, (laughs) (laughs) we'll be listening for that episode. We're, yeah, yeah, we're excited for the follow up to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. But yeah, no. (laughs) Hey, George, isn't, isn't this year great? Isn't 2020 fantastic? Dan, are you kidding me? I mean, this year sucks. I've been inside the entire time. But how often do you get two new sports team names? We got Kraken and football team. I do like football team. If only there was a show 
where you could rank these new names. I know just the show. There's a show. I host it with my friend Dave Primiano. It's called The Rank Bank. Dan, that's awfully relevant to this completely natural conversation. <laughs> of course it is. It's almost like I shoehorned it in here because it's all I want to talk about anymore. When do episodes drop, Dan? You can hear part one and part two of every league on Monday, and part two will come out on Tuesday. You don't even have to wait. Wow. Two days, two separate episodes of the show. How can you give that much content? It's exhausting. Go listen to the Rank Bank. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the different types of work that you do with, sure. like, we noticed on your IMDb page, you talk about the class that you teach, which is, like, super interesting. Are you still teaching? Yeah. Yes, I am. Nice. Um, I've been teaching for a couple of years now. It's a course at Loyola Marymount University called Animated Perspectives. And basically, we discuss the social and no, we discuss social and cultural issues through the lens of animation and entertainment. So topics like uh, representation in media, um, impact of colorism, Asian-American representation, LGBTQ representation, different stuff like that. Um, and it's really fun. And I like it a lot. Nice. That's awesome. I was like, I definitely want to I was like, this might be topic but I definitely want to talk about what your class is like yeah so you did animation professionally as like I guess your primary thing a couple mm -hmm. years ago what is the process like to animate other people's stories in terms of do you find it to be collaborative do you find it to be just like what it conjures up for you and your own like minds can you tell us a little bit about that are you talking about something scary yeah for that series <laughs> so the longer I did the show, obviously, the more stories I needed to gather. And mm -hmm. what started happening was people would submit their own stories. Like, it originally wasn't that. Like, it was all just from my family or friends or from, like, creepypasta, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then people started sending in their stories. And at first... It was I tried to stay pretty true to them just because, you know, they I mean, in the beginning, they were pretty good. Like everything was felt different or everything felt new because the show was so new. Yeah. But then after a while, you know, it's like, OK, Ouija boards, whatever. <laughs> dreams like and then I got to where I was like, OK, like you had a scary dream, like it actually didn't happen. So it's not really scary. <laughs> it's just like I got really sick of seeing like the same things over and over. And then I got to a point where I just heavily edited them so much. Yeah. I was like, OK, this is no longer your story. And I mean, we also had to do that for legal reasons, too, just because mm -hmm. There were a couple times where someone would send me a really cool story and I used it in a video and then I had to delete the video because mm. they lied to me. And we got very angry emails from the original author and they were like, you owe me $750,000. And I was like, bitch, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we had to do that for kind of like legal reasons to save our ass just in case one yeah. of the stories wasn't right. original. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but. Okay. We, just want, we love talking about the creative process. Is what we oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I never was in contact with the people who submitted the stories. Mm. They would just send it. They don't even know if they were going to be in the show or not until like it actually was a thing. Um, I think it just gets just for what we were doing. Like, I think 
it was just adding, it would have been too complicated to try to, you know, go back and forth. Like in the beginning, I would email them and, you know, ask up follow up questions because I wanted to, I wanted it to be as real as possible. But then that was no longer viable <laughs> in the long run. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I did leave the show last year um, for these reasons. There was like a lot of things where I was just like, okay, sure. I, this is, this is too much. And I hate yeah. it now. <laughs> <laughs> we know that Anyways. feeling. We have a lot of, a lot of sleep paralysis, things like that. <laughs> it comes up a lot, which oh. is scary, but... No, it um, is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so also, like, okay. <laughs> like, so <laughs> yeah. it didn't... Well, ha- your mind was scaring you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because, like, we get we have a Bigfoot episode, and mm-hmm. I think that's, like, our pride and joy right now because it's, like, someone who actually... And we, we might have a guy who thinks he saw a werewolf. What? Those, I know. And, like, yeah. that's coming down the line. Now we're giving spoilers, too. But... <laughs> Simchak 
have each had experiences with spirits as they walk through the halls or things that they can't explain. One of them, Willie Mendez, said that he saw a full body apparition of a Native American woman, which was wild. Um, he's also felt his shirt being pulled on. He's heard his name. He's seen shadows that he can't explain moving around in his vision. Um, and the other employee hears voices all the time. He came into mm. the museum as a skeptic, but after hearing these different voices, he just feels like he can't explain it. So wow. yeah, it's in San Antonio. And I wish that I would have known about this when I lived in Texas. So I definitely would have checked it out. I, yeah. I believe like all museums are haunted. It's a museum, right? Or is it an art? It's a museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just, there's so much like old crap in there, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like everyone has at least one ghost. And then I'll just yeah. like, because, I mean, a, everything, like every object retains some sort of energy and like mm-hmm. the older that it is, the more like energy it retains. So yeah. a museum that is just like, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's also said that some of the museum's directors may also still walk the halls. Mm. I just feel like they just need to let it go, man. Go yeah. into that. <laughs> like so move on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you will not see me at my cube if I'm dead. You will never. <laughs> Don't start looking there. That's not where I am. <laughs> All right. The next uh, museum I want to talk about is the Mad River and NKP Railroad Society Museum, which is located in Bellevue, Ohio. Hmm. I don't think I've heard of this one. This museum, it's pretty interesting. Um, in 2010, the Ohio researchers of Banded Spirit, also known as Orbs, conducted a survey. <laughs> yep. And it. you have to have a good acronym if you're a paranormal society. I feel That's like the best one. Yeah, I can think of TAPS from Ghost Taps. Hunting. I can yeah. think of Orbs. Uh, what's the one that Dan DePriel's mom is involved in? Ooh, I don't remember. I could, there's no way. <laughs> I don't remember. It. I just feel like a good acronym, if you don't have a good acronym, you're missing an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. for branding, for sure. <laughs> but they conducted a survey uh, in response to a bunch of the rumors of paranormal activity that happened on the grounds and in the museum. So um, one of the things that they discovered was the gift shop manager and the woman who's also the daughter of the museum's founder they believe that her father's spirit still resides on the premises watching over the grounds. Hmm. Yeah. There's also a deceased hobo named Steam Train Maury Graham who used to frequent the train yards and was captured standing on the back of one of the cabooses. They also believe that they found his spirit wandering the, the grounds of the museum. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. I find one of the things with like, there's like the whole belief or the hypothesis that transitional places can be mm-hmm. places where a lot of spiritual activity could happen because they're, they're the doorways unto themselves or there's just energy that's constantly flowing. So I'm interested in like the lives of, of people who were traveling hobos and where yeah. they mm-hmm. haunt things. That's super interesting to me. There's probably so many spirit, like hobo spirits. Yeah, that we don't even know of. What I always hear in the paranormal shows I watch is that bodies of water are like conduits, sort of, mm-hmm. for spirits. Mm-hmm. So like anyone traveling like by rivers or anything like that, I feel like 
you know, they're going to crush it. They're just going to come back immediately, like respawn. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things this is interesting to me is like the hobo code from back in the 40s where people would be traveling. They were just more, I guess, vagrant might be another like synonymous term, but they had Mm -hmm. like a little like alphabet chart system or they could like mark like if places like had water nearby if it was safe to sleep someplace if it was there was like some other things that were in like the hobo code but you would like go places and then if you saw these like symbols and you knew about it then it would give you information about like you know this place is not good to stay here like just different things like that so I found that to be I don't know that's like an interesting weird part of culture that is interesting though yeah and just the idea of like these spaces that people like don't really go to just like tunnels or abandoned places. And then like, they have like, you know, markers and prob- I don't know, probably people died alone and stuff like that. It's just like mm. extra interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to the list. <laughs> uh, of course, if we're going to talk about museums that are probably haunted, the Smithsonian is a given. I feel like that's mm-hmm. just a natural one. Just some of the samplings of um, spirits who they think still haunt different locations within the Smithsonian system are uh, the founder of the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. His name was James Smithsonian, and his remains are actually held in the, the museum. Yo! <laughs> <That's true. laughs> in 73, they dug up his body to investigate claims that his ghost was walking around the museum. Yo, it's a ghost. Like, the skeleton, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, they didn't say zombie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't say his whole body. Like, he didn't pull, like, a, you know, he didn't fake his That's own weird. death. So, People are weird. Yeah, so that one was really interesting. There's other folks uh, who worked in the museum system who people claim that they've seen them wandering through the buildings after they pass. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. One of them was the paleontologist Fielding B. Meek, and he died in one of the castle towers in the Smithsonian. He lived there with his cat, and he died there. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds nice. It was like a nice death, do they say? I didn't say what kind of death he is, but he died in the towers, and now he hangs out in the Smithsonian because it also doubles as his house. It was his oh, house okay. and his workplace. He was the original work-from-home <laughs> guy. So. <laughs> nice. Just two more I want to talk about. One of them um, is the Merchant House Museum, which is in New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share this picture with you. Ooh, I love me a visual on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have this list. Like I said, the article will be linked on our website so you all can check it out. The Merchant House Museum, I mean, I don't know. This isn't like even a, this is just a regular picture. Like, oh, wait, are you seeing like, are you seeing the picture of the guys? Guys, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah, great. just like a couple guys. Yeah, so yeah, this is just a regular picture. This, if this is your regular vibe for your <laughs> museum, <laughs> you're definitely haunted. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, not good. <laughs> not good. One of the interesting things about this museum is that it is just wedged in between two residential buildings in Manhattan. It just sits there. You have to ring a doorbell to gain entry. And uh, what it, the museum is, it, it's just a building that's basically locked in time. Um, the Treadwell family who lived there from 1835 to 1933, it's just a house with all of their belongings. Like once the last one of oh. them died, everything stayed where it was and it was fully preserved. So it's interesting because like it is like walking back um, into history. Mm. But every year, uh, I don't know if you've ever 
heard of the paranormal investigator Dan Sturges, but every year yeah, he's on the show I'm on. (laughs) I thought that might be the case. Okay, so um, at least when this article was published a couple years ago, he would go to this museum every year and document anything he found, audio recordings, photographs. You know, it's just there's a lot of different alleged sightings of ghosts, but he specifically has like been visiting yearly to do investigations here. So hmm. get the dirt and come back to us. Let yeah, us know. let us know what he found. I, I cannot understand why they just left it. It's sort of like gold for me where it's like, oh, I should really clean this house out. And then a hundred years later, it's still just not, not done. And it's a museum now. <laughs> yeah. They're like, all of Meg's shit, this is priceless. Turns out if you leave your useless crap around long enough, it becomes pretty useless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you know, does it say why it was abandoned or no? Yeah. Let me look. Because that story kind of, I mean, it's not a museum, but it kind of reminds me of the Los Feliz murder house. Are you familiar with that? No, tell us. So I want to say maybe in the 60s, um, there was a house in Los Feliz that um, it was the family lived there. And I believe I might be getting some of the details wrong. So sorry. Um, <laughs> when the, the dad was a doctor and he just went ape shit on his family, murdered all of them. Mm. And then they, uh, you know, like the house is abandoned now. And oh. you can go there today. I don't think anyone has bought the house yet, but the house went up for sale pretty recently, and that's why the story resurfaced. Um, but if you go to the house and you look through the windows, you can see everything still there as if it was 1960-whatever. That's so cool. Yeah. I want to so, do that. Is that <laughs> but they, they now have, like, security cameras and stuff because too many people were, like, coming. So, like, I get yeah. it. Um, they, like, ruined it for everyone. But, we will um, get a drone. Yeah. We will get a real yes, chill. Yes, get a yeah. drone. drone. Because <laughs> I want to see. Well, there's actually photos. If you Google it, just Google Los Feliz Murder House and you might find photos of the inside. But yeah, it reminded me of that because I'm wondering if something happened to the family who right. lived in this home that made them just immediately leave. That they're like, nah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I did find why it became a museum. So the last remaining um, daughter of the family who lived there, who was... They were a well-to-do family. After she died, the house like started to fall into disrepair and a distant cousin bought the house. Um, and they decided um, instead of having it demolished, they would do some renovations and open it as a museum. So basically it was just a person who was just like, look, I love my family. This is a family heirloom, uh, but I don't want the shit in my house. How can I make this work for me? Good for <laughs> and <open a> museum. <laughs> wow. Okay, so our last one, which is the whole reason we like stumbled onto the idea of going to haunted museums was because I was looking for haunted art museums. And a very well-known one is the Cleveland Museum of Art, um, which is reportedly haunted by Claude Monet. There's other ghosts that have been reported at the Cleveland Museum of Art, um, it ha- the museum has paranormal events and they even have a very old blog post from 2010 detailing common paranormal happenings that occur there. But one interesting thing, I'm going to go into Green Chair again. So one of the interesting things that happened, they were doing an exhibit of the closing of Claude Monet. Okay. So this is Claude Monet and then they oh, took geez. a picture just like of the closing and then this random ass guy Whoa. was just up here. <laughs> and so they, they were like, 
did he was he just a lookalike is it a spirit i mean that's a very solid looking person right no way right right wait who took the photo it's from the museum, Cleveland Museum of Art. Probably their marketing department was just doing some stuff, maybe a publicity uh-huh. stunt. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So and the first thing I look for is the composition of a photo. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they, if so, either the person taking the photo saw the person there and included them in the frame, mm-hmm. or if they claim that they didn't see anyone there and he just appeared in the photo, I wouldn't believe that. It's because... a very good photo. It looks safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No. That's <laughs> not him. I don't know. Maybe a weird, like, synchronicity coincidence type thing that somebody who was just like... And it looks like him, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, just interesting. Yeah, a staff member... Uh, you can see all of the things that I get advertisements for. Um, <laughs> it's not this picture capturing a person who has an uncanny resemblance. So I'll also include this article with a photo in our show links. Cause I think it is interesting, right? Like they're like, Oh, it's supposedly haunted. And this weird other thing that maybe isn't haunting mm-hmm. happened, but still kind of interesting, a weird coincidence. Or yeah. Good marketing. yeah. I'm always, uh, whenever people claim to see very famous ghosts, That always, I don't know how I feel about that. I think in context, though, it depends, right? Like, I wouldn't expect Claude Monet to be haunting the museum where some of his work is. I would expect Mm -hmm. him to haunt, like, the little chateau or, like, cabin or wherever, like, Mm -hmm. that he liked the most and, you know, Mm -hmm. he did. Because I understand being like, okay, I see, I don't know, the ghost of Lizzie Borden in the Borden house. That... Mm -hmm is an acceptable idea to me. Yeah. Did she die there? No, but even, but like, I, she didn't die there, but even if, like, if that was a place where she was, like, tied to because it was mm-hmm. traumatic, like a traumatic time in her life or something like that. Right. That I can buy into when people are like, I think, I saw a ghost, I'm pretty sure it's a famous ghost, like, mm-hmm. you're probably at a famous place for them. That kind of right. makes sense, but... <laughs> I love the idea that people just be like, I saw this famous ghost. Where? At the grocery store, just you know, like <laughs> just only like random places where you're like, why right on earth there. would they be there? There's that makes no sense. I've heard way too much today about ghosts who are at their job. It is like the most depressing. <laughs> I don't right? want to hear more about it. Like that you don't even escape it when you die. I can't. I will not accept it. I know. So. <laughs> There's no uh, way. <laughs> happy. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, I hope but, for them that the most traumatic thing that happened to them in their whole entire life was that they had to go to work at a job yeah. they didn't like. Nah. And that's oh, what haunting. Like, yeah. they're like, this is the worst part of life for me. This <laughs> is where I'm doomed to spend my afterlife. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it's just like a residual haunting, then that's mm. sort of just, then they're not, you know, conscious of what they're doing. So yeah. I think in that case, it's not as sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you do spend a lot of time at work, so why not there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's play a game. Yeah, you want to play a game? Hell yeah! So the game that we're playing today we call Monster Fight, and it's yeah. super fun. <laughs> okay, we got to give credit to Brian Durkin and Full Belly Last. We're kind of he's a he has a podcast where he plays games, and this one is usually called Super Fight, but we kind of changed it to be what we want it to be also check out brian's episode of real chills oh yeah yeah Yeah. he was on earlier um so basically the game is we each need to pick like a monster and a weapon so like nessie with a tail full of bees 
versus <laughs> a mummy with a taser. And then we each Got talk it. about who we think would win. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> oh, so who should we have start? Do you want to go first, Sapphire, or do you want to wait? I'm going to wait because I want to see what, how it works. <laughs> okay, Meg, do you like yours a lot? I like mine a lot. Uh, you yeah. should go last then because I am kind of like, and also mine's like a little bit of a cop out. So it's totally okay. fine. Uh, okay. okay, let's hear it. Okay, so a chupacabra with knives, with okay. two knives, versus the face hugging alien from the movie Alien <laughs> with super glue. Oh. 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 So do I, we pick who we think would win? Yes, and then you have to give your reasons why. Okay, got it. I 100% think the face alien would win. Well, but the chupacabra has knives, right? So yeah. if he gets super glued to his face, chop, 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 chop. Um, but would it be able to cut it off in time? Right. That's the question. How fast do we think? Chupacabras don't have thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so. They're duct tape, like, um, like Edward Forty Hands rules. <laughs> oh, Edward Forty Hands mm, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, mm. street rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Chupacabra because I think it's scrappier. I mm. think it could. Interesting. I think it before it. It's I actually would I would go with facehugger alien because yeah. they're fast and it's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think the chupacabra would be able to cut itself out from the its clutches mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. yeah, that's what it comes down to. I also think that the facehugging alien would win because the chupacabra is a goat sucker. So like its natural motion is to like suck things. Oh. And that's like, and so mm. if it's like also stuck to its face, it's not like it's known for like this crazy protruding tongue that can push things away. So right. I feel like with every breath as it's trying to heave in in panic, it's just going to aid the alien. Oh, it's so yucky. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I think alien wins that fight. Facehugging alien. alien. That fight. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Okay, Sapphire, do you want to... All right, I'll go. Um, So mine is really just an excuse to talk about more Filipino monsters that I like. (laughs) (laughs) So mine is a Mananangal with a... With the harpoon versus a Sirena. Sirena? Sirena. uh, With, let's say, fireballs. And I'll explain what they are so that yeah, you know. Yeah, please. <laughs> so um, a Mananangal is essentially like it looks like a woman during the day, but then she, at night she separates her upper body from her legs and she grows wings and she flies around. Um, she's got this really long tongue. And so she goes looking for pregnant women and scoops out the fetus through the belly button and uh, eats the fetus. Yeah. <laughs> so we she flies around. This didn't we? We call it an S. We, a Fuego, I think is what Aswan? we call it. Aswang? Aswang, yeah. 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 Is that another the, name for it or is it a different it, name? A Mananangal is a type of Aswang. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Got it, got it. Got it, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she's able to fly around. Um, but, so a Serena is essentially like an evil mermaid. Um, so she's living Ooh. in the ocean and 
like they they look like women with, like from far away and so they pretend that they're drowning to sort of lure you in and then once you're close enough they'll like take you down the water and then drown you and mm. then like eat you that way one way to destroy a mananangal is to pour salt on the legs mm, on the okay. like where the body is like severed so like the serena could like you know just pour salt water <laughs> on yeah. the legs um but yes and yeah, Serena has it. fireballs? Oh, yeah. And then the, the mermaid has fireballs. So she can shoot up at the mananan ah. ball. I mean, for this, they don't yeah, actually yeah. have fireballs. <laughs> oh, and, <they laughs> and a harpoon wow. is the other one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know I know my pick. You go first. I feel like they're very evenly matched. With I feel other. like the Serena would win. So mm-hmm. number, I, I don't know what happens to the legs as the top half is like flying about. But I do feel like if the legs got near the water or could be lured, that's like one thing that could happen. I also mm-hmm. feel like if the Mananangal like sees the Serena from a distance and is like, ha ha, a pregnant lady I can go scoop the fetus out of. Oh, and as yeah. like it approaches, the Serena has both fireballs and if it gets close enough mm-hmm. before the other creature realizes the Serena is like not a human woman, that I feel like there's a good chance like they could swoop them into the sea. Mm. That's what I feel like. That's good. <laughs> I I I think I disagree. I think the Mononazal has like an advantage because it's air. It can fly, mm. and it has a harpoon, so it could just fly really high and harpoon it. Assuming a harpoon would kill us right now, but I but like if it's if it's during the day. Mananangals can't see well during the day. Mm. Oh, there's so many variables. Because mm-hmm. I feel like for the Serena, everything has to like come into place, right? Like you have to find its legs, you have to get salt water on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot more of an advantage coming like from above than trying to. She got to, like, fireballs. That's a good point. I'm gonna say that. I think I think they're gonna get harpooned in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's gonna be a quick, quick. <laughs> What are your oh, yeah. What are your picks? I have to, I have to pick one now. Yeah, you're the tiebreaker. Mm, oh shoot! Okay, I'm <laughs> gonna say. Well, the Mananangal is like my favorite creature ever, so I'm going to go with her. Mm. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. The Mananangal wins that round. Nice. Woo-hoo. Yeah. All right, okay. Meg. All right. Who do you think will win? A Babadook with a cheese grater or Mothman with one of those old timey guns from the Civil War? <laughs> oh my Can god, you cute. Just, like putting like the powder in and like <laughs> Oh no. The cheese grater? <laughs> yep. What? I'm trying the musket or like a what is it called? Yeah, yeah. the four ones, a big one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what a Babadook does. I mean, I remember the movie, but I don't really remember like what. It's a grief ghost, right? Yeah, prey on your your like anxiety. Isn't that what the Babadook does? Or grief. Yeah, your grief. Um, I know my pick, but I'm gonna. I'll go. I'll go second this time. Let me think. Cheese crater. <laughs> what? Well, I think I think Mothman, because Mothman can fly, so and Babadook can't. 
So I think, uh, yeah, Mothman gets the air advantage. So even though the it takes a while to reload the old timey gun, Mothman can still float around until mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then shoot. Yeah, from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mothman. I feel like it also would be Mothman, but I feel like it's because like the Mothman knows when like bad things are gonna happen. So like I feel like the Mothman is a step ahead of the Babadook. I just feel like it has to be. I know that like the Babadook is more like central to the individual, but I just feel like the Mothman's at an advantage. And he's a gun. Like, what are you gonna do with a cheese grater, you weird grief (laughs) ghost? Like, if they get close enough, I think Babadook has a shot with that cheese grater. But what? Mothman's not gonna get close enough. (laughs) Yeah, that's the problem. I don't. I didn't think that part through. I should give him a long range weapon. I'm gonna shoot the (laughs) cheese grater and then we know exactly. Shoot it out. (laughs) What about you, Meg? I think yeah. I think you're right. I should have made this harder. I do think that Mothman was one of those. I just really want to see this fight, honestly. I think when I read it, I just want to watch, because for me, the Mothman is such a stoic, like, serious, like, the thought of him just not smiling, just putting, like, powder in the gun and taking one of those big long sticks, and and the Babadook just smiling, just waiting with the little truth grater. I mean... Yeah, Mothman probably wins that. I like the idea of the Mothman shooting a hole in the hat of the Babadook. Yeah, like This is something I decided uh, impromptu. With no explanation in a three-way fight, who would come out the champion? The face-hugging alien with super glue, the mononon goal with a harpoon, or the mothman with an old-timey gun? Ooh. So no, that, you can't I, give any context. Just no explanation. Just make your choice. I'm going to say mononon goal just because. <laughs> I'm going to say mothman. Are we all just voting for our own? Oh, <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm also going to say Mononangol. That's who I think. Yeah, it's really fun. I think the flying is such an advantage with, with the air. It really is. Yeah, a harpoon. A harpoon versus I. I honestly cannot remember what the gun is called, but it's the one where it has the horn. I know exactly what it is. A blunderbuss. That's what it is. It's a blunderbuss. It sounds like a a gun that when you shoot it, the bullet's going to spiral like a dumb idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nice. This was amazing. Thank you so much for being a guest. Oh my God. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great. Um, We're going to do plugs. Tell us where people can find you, what you got going on, anything you want to share. Sure. Uh, I have a podcast called Stories with Sapphire. I talk a lot about Filipino culture and I also interview people who have had paranormal experiences. Um, You can listen to that anywhere podcasts are available. I am also on two travel channel shows. Um, One is Paranormal Con on Camera, which is on Sundays and Paranormal Night Shift, which is on Fridays. And... Um, uh, yeah, and you can follow me on social media. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Awkward Sapphire. <laughs> nice, nice. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
What about you, Meg? Cool. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Meg Gets Money, Gets G-O-E-T-Z. And um, should we plug Hell Week, Alyssa? That's all I want to plug. Hell yeah. We can't give it away yet, but we can talk a little uh, bit. It, in the second to last week of October, we're doing a spooky thing every day for an entire week. <gasps> nice. So fun. fun. Yeah. Real Chance presents Hell Week. That's going to be October 18th through the 25th. Yes. So follow Very us. cute on our social so you can get all the details it's gonna be so good yeah we're really pumped um and you can follow me at Alyssa truz all the places and if you want to see content about my reptiles you can visit variegated reticulated the link is in my comedy instagram bio we'll be able to find it cool yeah all right well thanks so much appreciate it thank you yeah thank you (laughs) bye Visit our website at realchillspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at realchillspodcast. Do you know someone who should be on Real Chills? Is that person you? Go to realchillspodcast.com slash submit and tell us more. Special thanks to Valerie DeMamber-McShane. Artwork by Libby Rundell. Music by Sam Williamson. Real Chills Podcast is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.